When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Luke Smith, and this is the Autosport Podcast. F1 2022's qualifying king reigned supreme once again on Saturday in Monaco, as Charles Leclerc scored his fifth pole position in seven races, heading up a Ferrari front row lockout. Just as he did in 2021, Leclerc scored pole despite not getting a final effort in at the end of Q3 due to a red flag, only this time he was not to blame. Sergio Perez crashed at Portier before a second impact when Carlos Sainz came around the corner unsighted and headed straight into the Red Bull, resulted in the session being suspended and not resuming. Fernando Alonso, he had a separate incident at Mirabeau, so there were three crashes at the end of that session. Sainz and Perez, they will start second and third on the grid behind the clerk, while championship leader Max Verstappen could only muster fourth place on the grid. We are currently leaving Monaco, driven expertly by GP Racing Executive Editor Stuart Codling, who is at the wheel. Uh, I am joined by Autosports Grand Prix Editor Alex Kalanorkas to discuss all things qualifying in Monaco. Now, Alex, you've covered Charles Leclerc right the way through his racing career. Your, your career is kind of aligned a little bit, I guess, in terms of uh, coming through the ranks. Uh, his performance today, there's no stopping him in qualifying right now in F1, is there? He's just got so much confidence, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it's not too shocking to, to learn that Charles Leclerc made it to Formula 1 much faster than I did, and I think definitely deserved for that to, to be the case. Um, but no, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's doing tremendously well in qualifying of late in 2022. And, and it's sort of looking back on that Formula 2 season that I covered uh, when he was the rookie champion in 2017, went on a run of fantastic pole positions then. I think it was seven or eight in a row. He equaled the category record. And of course, don't forget that despite the uh, basically the lies that Formula 2 tell you, it, it, it is GP2 as well, you know, so the record's... <laughs> to extend back to 2005 it's not a new championship that was created all of a sudden in 2017 when the FIA got involved um 
but anyway, it's uh, it, he didn't he didn't break the record. I think he got thrown out of qualifying in in Hungary for for for, for something to do with the the the, the shims in the ah oh, guys they're far too technical and boring and I'm far too uh, exhausted to think back five years to what uh, what minor technical rule breach he was in breach of where we have to be reversed into no no that's good that's fine yeah just also uh, to all the listeners um, just wondering when we do finally manage to make it around the back of the Raskas and out of into the tunnel to escape Monaco if you're only rattling in the background that's just the uh, the uh, the one or two bits Williams story did just wave at Stuart Codling the um, the rich energy ma- I've got a good no I can't share that on the no we've gone very off topic here but <laughs> it's uh, it's good color though isn't it it is uh, we're about to go into a tunnel where you actually go in out of Monaco into France back into Monaco and then into France again before we uh, do get on our way to Nice but uh, anyway Charles Leclerc qualifying over a great performance from him could he have gone quicker though how was he shaping up before that final run in qualifying and um, what did he say in the press conference after the session Yes, Leclerc reckoned he could have gone about four tenths quicker than the 1 minute 11.376 seconds lap that he produced uh, early in Q3 uh, to get ahead of Carlos Sainz and obviously eventually Sergio Perez, who, uh, who, as you said, Luke, had that crash right at the end of Q3. It's really interesting because if you if you listen to Leclerc's team radio and what he was saying in the press conference, that it, you get the sense that he was almost campaigning, you know, just in, a, in an understandable and sort of quite endearing way. I don't quite know why it's getting exceptionally loud now that we've entered this tunnel. But anyway, I was just speak up anyway maybe they're maybe they're digging out more rock to build more bits of monaco as they constantly seem to be doing in this part of the world but anyway um yeah he he was sort of suggesting it's one of the great lost laps of formula one he was sort of like wow this this was the lap this is the best lap i've ever done around monaco it was absolutely superb what he also said was it was extremely oversteering if you go back and watch the onboard he nearly loses the rear at turn one so it was right on the edge you know he, he built up right to that moment as, as several drivers described it that last lap in q3 whatever is your last lap in qualifying is the most exciting moment of this weekend and potentially in terms of that pure driving challenge potentially the whole season um so yeah didn't matter for him as you say luke this time it wasn't his crash that uh, secured pole position but nevertheless it came with uh, came with perez and i think um Considering all the terrible uh, luck Leclerc's had at home, he'll take a pole position however it comes. Indeed, we will get on to the Charles Leclerc Monaco curse, if one believes in such a, such a thing, later on in the episode. But Alex, you mentioned the crash there between Sainz and Perez. A very bizarre incident. I was in the media pen, actually, as that unfolded on the big TV screens. We were talking to Mick Schumacher, and literally we watched it on the screen behind him as it was happening. And everyone just stopped all of a sudden. It was really silent as we were sort of like working out what happened. Then after about a minute or so of just gawping at the screen, someone went, so qualifying, Mick, not all that bad, was it? You didn't crash. And, and it, was, uh, it was quite a strange instance seeing two cars come together. You initially think, well, what's happened between them? But it was literally just a case of, yeah, Perez binning it and then collecting signs. So obviously you spoke with them in the press conference after qualifying what happened there and there was a bit of confusion over yellow flags did science see one did he not uh, can you explain sort of what happened in that incident yeah so basically um as you said uh, sergio perez binned it all by himself it was um, a tremendous bit of uh, an unfortunate camera shot sort of cut timing because there's they're following the club from the monaco tv direction never <laughs> yeah although i have to say i don't i don't think they deserve any criticism for this one um purely because they were following leclerc rather than perez and as, as leclerc goes into the tunnel and the camera obviously cuts to follow him there's just a, a split second moment of a sideways perez heading towards the barrier and um, but yeah basically he was he's sort of saying you know he it's really interesting because he's led the line for red bull i'm sure we're going to come on to talk about uh, max verstappen um in a, in a few moments but yeah with with perez on that moment he basically said um 
Red, Red Bull got its outlap procedures a little bit off. He had cold tyres, so he nearly crashed at turn one. And then was just, he said he was struggling at Portier all the way through qualifying. And then when it came to that crucial moment, just he said he could feel that the, the, the rears just didn't have the grip. And he tried, he said he tried to play with it. Uh, so it seems Jesse was just trying to hang on and it just all cried enough. Backwards into the barriers, smashed the rear of his car. And then as you say, Luke, Carlos Sainz comes around the corner in his Ferrari. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, Perez is blocking the track effectively. I mean, I think Sainz probably could have just about got through if he'd been going at sort of really slow speed. But he, uh, tremendously unlucky. You know, there's sort of some suggestions in some quarters that, oh, if he's crashed into a car that's that's crashed under red flags, then he, he, he's probably going to get a penalty or things like that. And it's been a bit of a bit difficult day for science because he impeded Lance Stroll on FB3. Um, well, uh, per the FIA um, document announcing that penalty so severely, I think it was, apparently he was sort of grossly misinformed by the Ferrari team about, um, you know, the cars that were approaching, slapped with a massive fine. It's the sort of thing that Eduardo Freitas, we know the FIA race director, I think it's his second race in a row he was in Spain wasn't he made his debut there taking over from Niels uh, Wittich who is actually here as well we passed him in the street on our way back from dinner the other day very tall man anyway side note and uh, not that you'll ever see him appearing in the media because they're not doing any media after the uh, Michael Massey fiasco um, the reasoning being you don't get to speak to the referees in football which is you know fair enough that is true but whatever it's always nice to get more accountability because it's all very very important um, but yeah back to Carlos Sainz um, yeah there's uh, that, that suggestion that he deserved a penalty or, or he's, he's going to have trouble coming in his way uh, I think it's way off the mark because as he said in the press conference it was as he turned right into Portier that the yellow uh, certainly the yellow marker board lights up and I think if you watch the onboard just ahead I think the yellow flag is waving but the fact that as he comes around the corner and he's looking at the next apex it's all at one. He's, you know, he's uh, certainly with the with with the marker board. It comes on as he's already got the steering lock fully applied. So nothing he could do. It's sort of he saw the two things effectively at the same time: the yellow, the, uh, the, the 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 crashed Perez, and basically, I think science thought he could just about get through, but then he as he just agitates, just gets on that brake pedal a little bit too hard, spun the car around, and um, yeah, caused more damage to Perez's car. He does think though that the Red Bull should be fine to to race tomorrow. That is some good news for Sergio Perez and Red Bull. But one Red Bull driver who wasn't really a much of a factor in the pole fight was Max Verstappen. I think all weekend, it seemed like Perez just had that little bit of an edge over him. We saw that in final practice. Perez led the way there. Then throughout qualifying, it always seems like Perez was just a little bit of a step ahead of Max. We've we've talked about the championship, and I think one of the big narratives going into this weekend has been team orders after what happened in Spain. And for Red Bull, are they already putting all their eggs in one basket with Max Verstappen, as though that was ever really a, a question anyway? But for Max, uh, knowing we, we've seen over the past few races, it tends to be that Ferrari excel over one lap in qualifying, but then the Red Bull's race pace is so much better. But this is Monaco. You don't overtake here. Like, it is sometimes decided on a Saturday. How much how much trouble really are Red Bull in, do you think, with their only third and fourth on the grid? And, and for Max, like, how much of a big fight back is it going to require from P4 to get up there and battle Leclerc at the very front? Yes, yeah, so I think he's already hoping that it's going to rain tomorrow. I think Charles Leclerc would not like a nice uh, dry race because, as we mentioned, that that Monaco curse that he's got hanging over him. Not that curses are real, of course, but you know, the uh, he's just you know mounting circumstantial evidence with all the uh, all the all the all the run of incidents he's had at home. Um, but yeah, so Verstappen needs rain. Um, I don't think we can be under any illusions that if it were a dry race to the finish, Red Bull would. If they don't overtly swap the positions, they find some way to engineer it. The risk they they play there is that you know Perez is not an idiot. He he you know there's going to come a point where it's it's just going to get too much. It's constantly having to to cede way to Max, despite you know despite the fact that it is clearly 
the Verstappen team. But but anyway, the, the, let's cross that bridge um, when we come to it, as I'm sure Red Bull will do tomorrow. But yeah, with the Ferraris and the Red Bulls, the long run pace in practice, I mean, long run pace in Monaco practice is a bit of a misnomer because you say, Luke, um, you know, starting on pole position effectively wins you the race. You know, there's no reason to suspect why Leclerc won't win tomorrow, but then you could say that for so many other uh, races he's had here. So he'll have to deal with whatever the curse that doesn't exist throws at him. But um, yeah, with, uh, with 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 what the what what little race running was done, Ferrari looked pretty good. It's just it, there was you know so many different factors and reasons why uh, reasons why we're overtaken by a very impatient motorcyclist. Uh, we're still we once again it took us ages to get out of the uh, media car park, um, leaving Monaco tonight thanks to the uh, the F2 cars needing to come back, and we're now stuck in another tunnel on the motorway to Nice, which is uh, where we're staying in a in a very nice Airbnb that's got an excellent view over Nice. Um, but yeah, anyway, just um, very quickly going back to the race race. Ferrari do have a certain slight edge, a couple of attempts a lap, but. Too, too difficult to read if that's going to definitively transfer over to tomorrow. But if science is second out of Sandovot and Leclerc's first, there's no way Max Verstappen is beating Charles Leclerc. And did, did the Red Bull guys, they talk about why Verstappen has been slipping behind Perez this weekend? Why has Perez managed to out-qualify Max? Yeah, so basically um, Verstappen has said that effectively um, the Red Bulls just seem to be understeering a bit more than he would ideally like around here. And also he just wasn't happy with the balance, that sort of saps the confidence. Um, but he finally found the balance and, and the feeling that he was after right at the end of Q3, right on that final uh, interrupted run. And it's really interesting, if you watch the sector times, he just set his best uh, time of qualifying right at the point before the red flags uh, come out. He still was a 10th down on Leclerc, and if Leclerc was expecting to make the gains that he would, I still think uh, Verstappen was fighting for second, and he himself acknowledged that. But it's really interesting, because he's absolutely furious when he comes across. He's the next car behind Sainz. When he comes across the two, he's like, oh, this isn't fair, this isn't fair. And he said afterwards, you know, this really needs looking at this, uh, you know, because his point is, as, as happened with Leclerc, not that Leclerc did it on purpose. You could secure the provisional pole, as Michael Schumacher has sort of attempted to do or did badly, crash and secure yourself uh, that pole position. So Verstappen's like, we need to look at this, we need to look at this. But basically, the understeer uh, with the Red Bull, he said that Perez can just, just, just likes it a bit more and it's helping him a lot around here. Whereas Verstappen, we know, just wants a strong front end and then hang on to the rear. It's, it's what makes him such a, a joy to watch because he's so exciting behind the wheel because of the way the car um, behaves in his hands. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's the difference um, to Verstappen. But as as I think I, I do get the genuine sense, he thinks that it should be uh, him on the front row of the grid alongside, uh, alongside Leclerc tomorrow. And I'm sure Max will be hoping for a little bit of rain. I think I'm seeing varying percentages as to what chances we're going to get. But another person wanting some rain is Lewis Hamilton. He will start eighth on the grid. He was asked if he's going to do a rain dance. And he was like, no, I don't dance. I won't be dancing. Uh, but then he said, yeah, I would actually like a bit of rain maybe to, to help him from P8. George Russell in sixth for Mercedes. I think we saw in Spain that big step forward they made with those upgrades. Uh, the porpoising issue that's blighted the start of their season so, so much. It went a long way to remedying that. Back this weekend, Hamilton said it's like a roller coaster. It's so bumpy out there. But it doesn't seem to be the same porpoising issue. It's just that they it's bouncing a different way, Toto Wolf said. So Mercedes still a lot of work to do there. But P6, P8, I mean, it, that's kind of in the ballpark for where we're expecting Mercedes to be at the moment, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think um, I think you'd, you'd say that fifth is the is the ultimate aim for Mercedes. As much as good as they were uh, in Barcelona, it's definitely um, not as good as the Ferrari or the Red Bull car. But yeah, the the bouncing is different. It's not the it's not the aero load causing porpoising. It's just that these uh, these you know these lower to the ground ground effect cars very very stiffly uh, sprung the suspensions not being all that sophisticated compared to how they were with the previous generation of car and just the way the Mercedes operates, it's just more stiff than the other cars anyway because that's you know sort of what they were trying to do to to help with the porpoising so yeah still mercedes bouncing problems but yeah as wolf says different bouncing problems someone else facing a few problems this weekend has been daniel ricardo who had that crash in practice on friday and then it was another very difficult day for him today he qualified 14th mclaren at the moment it just it, things aren't going they're not going well for daniel there it, it seems zach brown obviously this week uh, came out with some comments saying that he yeah he needs to up his game it's not met the expectations from either side and daniel said well yep that's not false obviously i expect more from myself as well but we're now sort of like talking about his future our various mechanisms in his contract that could mean that if he doesn't meet the performance that mclaren needs they could jettison him at the end of the year it's definitely i think a, a hot topic at the moment but for ricardo obviously a two-time monaco monaco pole sitter won the race so famously in 2018 how badly does he need to get things turned around and i mean from 14th on the grid of monaco that's hardly the kind of uh, starting position to inspire much confidence that this will be uh, the, the catalyst for that yeah, it's, it's Ricardo's previous success in Monaco that makes it sort of stand out so starkly when he does badly here. And it, he re, again, it really is bad. You know, as I said, Mercedes would have been eyeing that fifth place uh, result. George Russell nearly got it in sixth. Lando Norris, Ricardo's teammate, gets it for McLaren. And Lando Norris isn't well. He's still suffering, you know, the effects of the tonsillitis. He's still recovering. You know, it's still he's still not at 100% and yet he's delivering for the team. So, yeah, Ricardo under a lot of pressure. Um clearly when things go right as we saw in Monza last year he's still the amazing superstar driver that we know him to be but it's just not coming together and not coming together regularly and you know it is I guess a failing of McLaren as well but when Norris is delivering it's it's just it's just coming down um, so sharply on Ricardo and you know it's interesting I uh, was lucky enough to spend FP3 up at Massonet watching the cars it was um, there was a that's, I think if you watch TV TV coverage Sebastian Vettel absolutely swearing coming across Carlos Sainz going too quickly I was there with uh, with uh, with Codders uh, who is, has finally managed to escape a traffic jam we are now finally making good progress. Uh, back to our abode where I think we're going to aim once we've finished all our work for stuff we've still got to do watch a bit of the Champions League final who are you supporting by the way? Uh, oh no! I've got a root for Real Madrid because I'm a, I'm a Man United fan. So see Liverpool, and I know that uh, our our overall company president is a massive Liverpool fan. And I said to him yesterday, "How are your nerves?" And he was like, "Oh, like, I don't know. Like, depends on the midfield." But I reminded him that Liverpool have always won. They've won six Champions League titles or European Cups, always against a team playing in white. So that bodes very well for Real Madrid uh, playing in white tonight. Alex, who who are you supporting? Being the the big football aficionado that you are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, famously, I don't care for football, disparage it um, whenever I can, to be honest. Not not, not because it's a bad sport or anything, it's just find it a little bit little bit boring. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I do enjoy a good, big sporting occasions. So I'm going to be cheering for Liverpool because I think Jurgen Klopp is a great manager. He just comes across very well. I mean, I have no idea what it is about him, football technically-wise, that makes him good, but he just comes across very, very well uh, with all these positions on life, and I appreciate that. Anyway, we've got massively sidetracked from our Formula One uh, podcast. But, uh... I can't even remember where that point started, you know, actually. 
Oh, it's because we'd escaped the traffic jam and we we're finally heading 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 out. But yeah, we're talking about uh, McLaren and, and and Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, yes, that was it. I was uh, up at uh, Massonet watching uh, watching FP3 with with Codders, and uh, Codders said, you know, it's interesting that that Zach Brown and McLaren are coming out and making these public statements about Ricciardo in the media, and it's they're not doing it by accident. It's obviously got to be part of uh, you know some sort of tactics. Codders used the expression, is it a, a carrot to try and get him to perform better and really you've got to look at it as it's it's a stick to beat him with surely that's the you know what they, they're just trying to really really inject some sort of fierce reaction from him so it'll be interesting to see how he responds but uh, i mean even even with it with rain and a chaotic race from 14 it's hard to see him doing anything particularly special tomorrow so he's got to hope you know baku is where the where the next fight back begins and for the football fans listening to this, I've Googled it. And uh, the stat is that every time Liverpool won the European Cup or Champions League, it's been against a side in white. So although there was that defeat a couple of years ago to Real Madrid, that does uh, tie in with that statistic. Uh, but of course, the uh, as Codders is calling it, the Champignon final is not the major sporting event this weekend. It is, of course, the Monaco Grand Prix. Charles Leclerc is not only aiming to win the Monaco Grand Prix for the first time, but finish a race in Monaco for the very first time. He's at 0-5 at the moment two Formula 2 races and three Formula 1 races. Uh, obviously, one of them he didn't even start, let alone finish. So it's uh, not been a very happy hunting ground for him. But, Alex, is tomorrow the day that... I know I know you don't believe in curses, but is tomorrow the day Charles Leclerc does finally taste success in Monaco? There's no reason why he shouldn't win, bearing in mind he's starting on pole and he's got his teammate alongside him. And we know how critical that is at Monaco. But, yeah, as much as superstition is, is nonsense... Things just do seem to happen to Leclerc, whether he makes a mistake or something goes wrong or something breaks. Of course, you, we hope it don't ha- doesn't happen because, of course, we hope that with all drivers. Now, there's no sort of, you know, oh, you, you, you celebrate or, or, or enjoy a particular team doing badly. It's, these drivers are all brilliant and all the teams are tremendous. So it's unfortunate when these things happen. But, you know, it, it, you can't, it can't be ruled out. So that being said, just going back to the, to the, to the first point, he starts on pole with his teammate alongside him. He should win it if it's dry, if it's wet. He actually said he doesn't think he's ever driven a racing car in the wet. And I, I, I definitely the Formula 2 races in 2017 um, were, were dry. But um, so, yeah, that, that could be an interesting challenge for him. But as you said, Ferrari's car is performing better in the wet than it has the last couple of years. He was pleased with how things were going at Imola when it was wet earlier on in the season. So hopefully for, for his point of view, he's got all he needs uh, to cope with whatever, whatever the Monaco curse or whatever Monaco itself throws at him. He may not be superstitious, but to quote Michael Scott from The Office, I am a little stitious, so we shall see how the Charlotte Clerk fares tomorrow. Alex, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Codders, thank you for driving. Uh, very, uh, very very, quiet from you, Codders. I was expecting some uh, quips or some jokes or something from the front seat there. Anything you would like to add as you uh, keep your eyes on the road, of course? I'm busily concentrating on not hitting any passers-by or people in black trucks driving like psychopaths so i've let you two guys uh, elucidate uh, and and I've, I've very much enjoyed listening excellent well that's our, our first positive review before this podcast even goes live so happy days indeed thank you very much for listening and be sure to join us tomorrow for our full monaco race review and uh, yeah we'll be having all of the action on autosport.com throughout tomorrow's race day live blog news analysis please be sure to follow along and enjoy the monaco grand prix 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey guys, gut check. If your six-pack abs are covered with flab, it's time to cut the fat. Lose weight the easy way with Nutrisystem for men. Now delivering hearty inspirations meals that fill you up without letting you down. We're talking bigger lunches and bigger dinners packed with protein to control hunger for up to five hours. From savory bourbon chicken to mouth-watering meatloaf, they're exactly what a man's body needs to power through the day. You get breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and snacks all fully prepared, totally delicious and delivered free to your door. No salads, no juices, just real food for serious appetites. Order today and get all new fuel shakes for men. They're made with the key ingredient Velocitol that doubles the power of protein to help you maintain muscle mass while losing weight and feeling satisfied. Don't wait any longer. Order now for a simple way to lose weight, build strength, boost energy, and burn fat. Go to Nutrisystem.com protein to lock in your special deal. Offer restrictions apply. See website for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.